0: Three candles were lit two weeks ago as we were leaving. Mickey said, "As I was going to oceans, give them Jesus. Share the plan of the gospel. Share the gospel plan today." I did, and four people gave their hearts to Jesus. I Only had three candles, so I lit three for four people. This morning, as we uh, begin our message, I uh, you know about Coach O and his the LSU Tigers. One team, one heartbeat. I'm asked Terry to come this morning, and anybody else that would like to compete with Terry to do an, a Coach o impersonation. Would you? Would you like to hear Terry do a Coach O impersonation? He says like this. He goes, "One team, one heartbeat. Go Tigers!" <laughs> you want a shot at him? <laughs> yeah. Terry and uh, Addison got to see Coach O. He showed up at LCA uh, a few weeks ago, and. But that's it. That's his mantra. That's his motto. One team, one heartbeat. We're talking in the month of February about our heart, a matter of the heart, heart of the matter. I told you last week, over about half of the United States, 48 percent of us have a heart problem of some sort. Can I tell you all of us, 100 percent of us have a spiritual heart problem at one point or another in our lives? All of sin and come short of the glory of God. I told you last week from Jeremiah 17, the heart is, is deceitful above all things. Last week as we looked at Ezekiel 36, we said God wants to give us a new heart. He wants to take out a heart of stone. He wants to put in a heart of flesh. Give us a new heart. He gives us new passions, new intentions, new interests. And He enables us by His Spirit to... Live that holy life. Can I tell you this morning? God has a plan and a purpose for everybody here this morning. God has a, has a beautiful plan for your life and, and for your home. And he, he wants us in fellowship and intimacy with Him and walking with Him. He's a holy God and it's a privilege to walk with Him. But He, he wants to give us not only a new heart, but He wants to give us one heart. Our message today will be focusing on one heart. God wants to give us one heart. A heart that is undivided in its affection and its devotion. Three scripture references that will help us. One from Ezekiel chapter 11. You'll notice it's very similar to Ezekiel 36. But he uses a different word here. He says, they will return to me and remove all its vile images and detestable idols. Get that. They will return to the land that I'm giving them, and remove all vile images and detestable idols. I will give them what? An undivided heart. And put a new spirit in them. He says in Ezekiel 36, I'll give them a new heart. It's a little bit different term here in the Hebrew. Here he's saying, I'm going to give them an undivided heart. Put a new spirit. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people, and I will be their God. As for those whose hearts are devoted to their vile images and detestable idols, I will bring down on their own heads what they have done. That's kind of a scary thought, huh? (laughs) That God would, would bring us down, those who don't remove the vile images and detestable idols. All right, Jeremiah 32 now. Jeremiah 32 says, I'll gather them from all the lands where I banished them from in my furious anger and great wrath. I'll bring them back to this place and let them live in safety. They will be my people and I will be their God. I will give them singleness of heart and action. I need the next slide, please. I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me and that all will go well for them and for their children. I'll make an everlasting covenant for them. I'll never stop doing good for them. Isn't that good? I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing good, doing them good, and will assuredly plant them in the land. I like this part. God says, I'm going to plant them in the land with all my heart and soul. We talk a lot about loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Loving our neighbors, ourselves. But here we see Almighty God saying, I'm going to bring them back into this land, into this area of promise. And I'm going to do this with my whole heart and soul. And then finally in Psalm 86, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart. Would you say that with me? Give me an undivided heart. One more time, give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. Matthew Henry says God will give him one heart, a heart entire for the true God and not divided as it had been among many gods. A heart firmly fixed and resolved for God and not wavering, steady, uniform, not inconsistent with itself. One heart is sincere and upright. It's intentions of a peace with its professions. John Wesley, after he was reading a couple of books called Christian Perfection and Serious Call, he said, these convinced me more than ever the absolute impossibility of being a half Christian. I determined through his grace to be all devoted to God, to give him all my soul, all my body, and all my sustenance. I was convinced of the impossibility of being a half-Christian. How many of us attempt to be a half-Christian? The Lord is saying to us today, give me an undivided heart. John Wesley went on to say, Will any considerate man say this is carrying it too far? Or that anything less is due Him who has given for us than to give Him ourselves all we have or all that we are? He gave it all. It It was all on the line. When He went to the cross, He put it all on the line. So how can we sit around and say, Oh, I'm only going to give you... Part of my life. You're only going to have this section of my heart. No, God says. Give them one heart. (laughs) Give them a new heart, an undivided heart. In that same year, John Wesley's writing in night in 1729, he said, I began to read not only study, not only read the Bible, but study the Bible as the only standard of truth. I saw clear and clear the necessity of having the mind of Christ walking as Christ walked, not only part but all the mind that was with Him walking as He walked, and all things. This was the light. I generally considered religion as uniform following Christ, an entire inward and outward conformity to our Master. Nor was I afraid of anything more of bending this rule to the experience myself or to other men, or allowing myself an any of the least disconformity to our grand example. He uses these big words. But he said, as I got into the Word, as I saw how Christ walked, as I saw how He taught, I couldn't do anything less but say, God, if He gave it all, and He's the example for me, I've got to put it all on the line as well. An undivided heart. One loving with God Loving God with all of our heart, all our soul, just as, as He gives His whole heart and soul to us. Can I ask you this morning, how's your heart? How's your heart this morning? Is it divided in any way? Look, we all can do some heart surgery this morning. In my own life, I have to I have to settle this and say, Dale, what does it mean in, in my life to love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind? Can I tell you as a pastor, I have to guard my heart? My heart can be become divided. Even I'm loving God. I'm, I'm trying to serve God. But in my particular life, if I'm not careful, that, that can become divided. We've had to talk about it. I, I can't let the church become my mistress. The ministry becomes something that captures my attention and, and my focus. Are you with me this morning? That may not be the challenge for you it may be something all can can succumb to the, some type of temptation one love maybe it's not the flesh maybe it is a job or a relationship and that pulls us away as i went through uh, that series a couple of years ago maybe 3 years ago god's at war i learned and god revealed to me that that accomplishments could be a god in my life i could i could become addicted to the checklist Getting things done. Are you with me this morning? You're sounding real holy this morning. How's your heart? God has a place for me. As I give Him all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. He'll help me serve my family. He'll help me be a good husband. He'll help me be a good dad. He'll help me be a good pastor. But I've got to stay connected. And uh, it's got to be one heart. And then out of my love for Him and His love for me, then it flows in order in our responsibilities. As a people, we have similar challenges. It might be different for all of us. Maybe, Maybe if it's pride or a relationship or a job. Can I tell you, it's anything that we allow to become between us and God. That which we're looking for. Many people do this. They desire a relationship or a job or a situation to do what only God can do. If you're expecting someone or something to to fill that God-shaped void in your life, that is a little g, God, in your life. And, and can I tell you this morning with one heart, God, He, he really doesn't share that space. I'm going to show that to you through the scriptures this morning. What would happen if we all had an undivided one heart? God wants us to have one heartbeat as a church. You know that? If we don't have one heart, guess what happens? We go different ways. It happened in the New Testament. Paul wrote to the church there at Corinth. He says, some say, I'm of Paul. Some I'm of Apollos. It would be. Like saying, I'm, I'm with Pastor Dale. No, I'm with Pastor Tori. No, I'm with Sanjay. No, it's not that way. It is, it's, I'm with God. It's one heartbeat. See, we got a hundred people. We can have a hundred different agendas. Is that going to work well for us? Whose agenda among us are we going to get on? It ought to be, it's got to be on His agenda. One heartbeat, one team, one agenda. An undivided heart. This can happen in our families. Where else in God's Word does He speak to this issue of of being undivided? In Matthew chapter 12, they brought Him a demon-possessed man. He was blind and mute. Jesus healed him. He could both now talk and see. Hallelujah. The people were astonished and said, Could this be the Son of David? When the Pharisees heard it, they said, it's only by Beelzebub, the, the prince of demons that they fought that this fellow drives out demons the devil made him do it Satan made him do it I like this verse it says Jesus knew their thoughts <laughs> can I tell you Jesus knows your thoughts this morning knows my thoughts he knows what we're thinking and this what Je- Jesus knowing their thoughts this is what he said every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined Every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Satan drives out Satan, he's divided against himself. How can his kingdom stand? I drive out demons by Baal's by whom do people, your people drive them out? He says, and Tori preached on this Wednesday night, it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons. Then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In that same context where he's talking about that, he's saying, every kingdom divided against itself shall not stand.
1: Every heart
0: divide. How can you serve two masters? Matthew 6, either one, you'll hate the one and love the other. You'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. In this context, you can't serve God and money. Oh, now I've gone to preaching, huh? No man can serve two masters. Divided heart. D.L. Moody said this, God will not accept the divided heart. He must be absolute monarch. There is not room in your heart for two thrones. You cannot mix the worship of the true God with the worship of any other God more than you can mix oil and water. It doesn't work. It cannot be done. There is not room for any throne in the heart if Christ is there. Are you with me this morning? If worldliness should come in, godliness will go out. Not room for two thrones in our heart. Hosea 10.2 says their heart is divided. Now they should be found faulty. He shall break down their altars. He shall spoil their images. Charles Spurgeon said, my brethren, the smallest church in the world is potent for good when it hath but one heart and one soul. When pastors, elders, de- deacons, and members are bound together by a three three-fourth cord which cannot be broken. They are mighty against every attack. However great their numbers, however enormous their wealth, however splendid may be their talents. They are powerless for good the moment they become divided among themselves. Union is strength. Blessed is the army of the living God in that day when it goeth forth to battle with one mind, and its soldiers with the tramp of one man in undivided march they go onward towards the attack. He says, but cursed is the church that runneth hither and thither and which divided itself has lost the main stay of its strength with which it should batter against the enemy. Division cuts our bowstring, snaps our spears, Hoofs our horses and burns our chariots in our fire. We are undone the moment the link of love is snapped. Let this perfect bond be once cut in twain and we fall down and our strength departed. By union we live. By disunion we expire. Amos said it this way. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? That's good for a marriage, isn't it? That's good for a church. That's can I just tell you practically, if I, if Tori and I decide we're gonna to walk to Walmart, we're, we're gonna to walk to Walmart, we go out here, we walk to the end of the street, he turns left and walks to that Walmart. I said, no, I'm going to Walmart, Bruce, sorry. And I go, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? Spiritually. How can you and God walk together unless you're agreed? Now, Whose agenda is it going to be? Yours or God's? Try your agenda going first and see how that works out for you. No. How can two walk together? No, Lord, I'm going to come into alignment with you, with your goals and your design and your plans for my life. We heard this at men's retreat. Where there's no vision, there is division. That's good, isn't it? Where there is no vision, there's division. What's the vision for your life? What's the vision for your family? This is part of God's vision for our church for this year. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision in our nation, one of the reasons we're so divided is because we haven't had fresh word, fresh manna, fresh revelation from God. Where there's no vision, the people wander about aimlessly and cast out all restraint. God give us a fresh revelation, both for our nation, both for our families, You know, we all struggle with the symptoms of a divided heart, don't we? But God has some pretty harsh words about it in James. It says this, a double-minded man is unstable in all he does. I love the story of Hosea and Gomer. It's a love story. It's Valentine's week. and, And here in Hosea's story, God tells the prophet to go marry a prostitute. It's a beautiful story of, of God's redemptive love for the nation of Israel. And, and she goes out, and they marry, and she, and she continues her lifestyle, and they have children, and, and Hosea names it Lo-Ami. No, it's not my child. But yet, as he buys her back, and then he calls the child Ami, he says that that is my child, and he adopts it into his into his life, and he brings her back. It's a beautiful love story. In Hosea's book in chapter 7, he talks about an illustration of the spiritual nature of Israel. Three distinct images in chapter 7. He says, Ephraim hath mixed himself among the people. Ephraim is a cake not turned. Strangers have devoured his strength, and he knoweth it not. Gray hairs are here and there upon him, yet he knoweth it not. I was at the barber this week, and there's a lot more gray hairs than there used to be. The pride of Israel testifies to his faith. They do not return to the Lord their God nor seek Him. Ephraim also is like this silly dove without heart going to Egypt, going to Assyria. That first illustration of a cake not turned over. This symbolizes a divided heart. It symbolizes lukewarmness in the body of Christ. Allowing other influences to be mixed in with our relationship with God, it just doesn't work. The cake doesn't bake. Second image is an old man with sprinkled gray hair. He doesn't know foreigners have come in and sapped his strength. This can be—you know—you can be a Christian for many years attending church. And yet, if you don't keep your heart red hot towards God, it can become, it can get cold. Uh, I believe it was Spurgeon that says over a hundred years ago, a divided heart can have a symptom of formality. See, we can be around the things of God, but, but it can become ritualistic and, and cold. It can have a form of godliness, but deny its power. illustration of the silly dove. Just people flying here, flying there, chasing whatever the latest fad is. God doesn't want a divided heart. He says, I'm going to give you one heart. David would pray, teach me your way. I'll walk in your truth. Give me give me an undivided heart. How do we know we follow the Lord with single-minded focus, and heart. Three Quickly, three ways. God gives us a one-way path. You fly an airplane, it advances one way. You never see airplanes going in reverse. road to Calvary that Jesus took was one way. No turning around. The famous tenor Pavarotti was trying to decide which career to follow after he graduated from teacher's college. His talent and passion was singing. When he asked his father, who was a baker for counsel, this is what he was told. If you try to sit on two chairs, you're bound to fall to the ground. Choose one chair. Pretty good advice from the baker father, huh? Fourteen years later, he became one of the most famous tenors in the world. By contrast, Timothy tells us the story of Demas. Paul is speaking to to Demas. Demas was once on the ministry team of the great evangelist, the great church planter, Paul. But he says, Demas, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas goes back to Thessalonica. Can I tell you, if we don't keep our heart red hot, if we don't allow God to give us one heart, we'll be like Demas and we'll go back to where we came from. He has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Do you love Jesus? Do you love this present world? The Apostle Paul, by contrast, he was, he was all in, uh, banging against the religious order. He was, he was all in. He, he was zealous for the law. God radically changed transformed his life on the road to Damascus. And then we see him with his new heart passionate for the things of God and advancing the cause of Christ. Wrote so much of the New Testament. An undivided heart in Saul later Paul's life. How's your heart this morning? Choose the one way path. Choose the narrow path. We studied this a few weeks ago. Wide is the gate. Enter through the narrow gate, Jesus said. Wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many be there that enter through it, but small is the gate. Narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. This road might be difficult. I didn't say it was going to be easy. The great missionary David Livingstone, the father of African missions, received a letter from England. They were promising to send more missionaries as soon as the road was built leading into the jungle where he was working. You got the picture? We're going to send more missionaries as soon as the road going into the jungle is finished. Livingston wrote back. If the worker's decision depends on whether or not the road is available, please don't send them. They won't survive here. It's a narrow path sometimes. You want to keep a single focus towards God? Be willing to take the narrow path. Choose the holy path. Choose the one way path. Choose the narrow path. Choose the holy path. A Roman Empire was emperor was trying to find the best way to get rid of Christians. One of his advisors said the best way is to kill them. Another said torture them until they renounce their faith. But another stepped forward and said look that's not going to work. Because Christians thrive under pressure and persecution. That's really true. The church thrives under pressure and persecution. The best way to get rid of Christians is to create an environment of, of comfort and freedom. <laughs> then that, that'll entice them to sin. And when Christians sin, they lose their power. Pretty insightful advice, wouldn't it? Oh, man, don't persecute them. Don't kill them. They'll thrive. But just make it comfortable for them. Make it easy for them to be drawn away and to sin. And they'll lose their power. I'm going to ask you this morning, are we leading a holy life? Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? We're talking about the heart, an undivided heart. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me Yes, Lord, do you love me more than these? What are the than these in your life? Give me an undivided heart. As we allow the Lord to turn the searchlight on our heart, what would happen if all of us had an undivided heart? What would happen in your home if everyone had an undivided heart? What would that look like? Would there be more selfishness or less selfishness in your home? If all of us had an undivided heart, what would that look like? And I, we said it in our marriage vows. And I, as I do marriage ceremonies, I, I lead couples through this, this vow Forsaking all others, keep you only unto myself, so long as we both shall live. I think some of us, we maybe understand that in our marriage vows, but in our vows with the Lord, do we really, forsaking all others, keep you only unto myself? You with me? Can we just go in as we close this morning? What's your heart look like? What's the Lord saying to you this morning? If we could if we could see a picture inside our heart, is it divided in any ways? A. V. Simpson said, a divided heart loses both worlds. A divided heart loses both worlds. If if we could all take turns this morning and go under the x-ray machine, what would the heart look like? Is it divided? Or is it one heart? I want you just to respond to this message this morning. How do we do that? It may be a matter of repentance today. And that passage there in, in Ezekiel, it says, remove all the vile images and detestable idols. That may be the action point that God wants you to do today. Lord, I'm coming to you. You're going to cleanse me of all filthiness. You're going to remove the vile images. I'm asking you to remove the vile images and detestable idols in my life. Ask Him this morning to give you an undivided heart. Would you stand with me this morning? The presence of God has been here. We've celebrated God's goodness. But this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the rubber meets the road. The x-ray machine on our heart this morning. Do you have an undivided heart? As Nick just plays through something this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. I'd love to pray with you. You say, Pastor, God's speaking to my heart. An altar is a place where we meet with God. It's a place where we, we, we come in repentance. It's come where we, we say, God, I need you to do a new thing in my life. God takes that old heart, that old stony heart, and he gives us a heart of bread. Anybody this morning just want to respond and say, Pastor, God's speaking to my heart, and I needed to do a new thing in my life. As Nick plays through that or sings through that, let's just respond to God's truth to our hearts this morning. Praise the for me. Mind God this morning. Speak into our hearts. Taken our affection, other things, other people. Your grace is sufficient. Your grace is. The obedient sufficient. this morning. If your heart is pounding, I know I need to. I know grace I need to step out. Sufficient. His grace is sufficient for you this morning. His grace is sufficient. He wants to do a new thing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Anybody else? God's to bless these obedient hearts. Jesus. Let this be the cry of our heart this morning, all to Jesus, all to Jesus, A-L-L, not not 90%, not 80%, but everything this morning, everything this morning, I. this morning I'm going to pray a prayer of faith God is here he's been, had a sweet spirit here this morning and I praise him for obedient hearts and I know he's doing some more things right there in the in the chairs I, I sense it I know it I see it and I'm just going to pray a prayer of faith this morning and I want you to talk to God I want you to tell him what's on your heart and, and then I want you to receive what the spirit of God says to you as we, as we close this time Lord, I thank you for your word. Your word changes us, God. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? And today I pray a prayer of faith that you will bring every one of us into alignment with you, that we would have one heart. God, you prayed for our unity in the high priestly prayer in John 17. My disciples, may they be one as you, Father, and Spirit, and I are one. Lord, there's no greater unity than the Trinity, God. And so make us one, God. Make our homes one today, God. Make us a sanctuary of the presence of God, Lord. And then you're doing new things in our hearts, God. You're calling us, oh God, to greater unity and alignment with you. God, you're taking out the hard, stony hearts got it and you're giving us a heart of flesh you're giving us a sensitive heart to hear your voice and to obey your voice god i pray a prayer of faith against the enemy he will try to to bring doubts he'll try to bring confusion but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world i plead the blood of jesus over every soul here over every home represented god give us a good dose of courage today, God, to say yes to the will of God, yes to your ways, yes to your plan, God. Lord, you, you want an undivided heart. And there's so many things vie for our attention and our loyalty and our devotion. But we as a people today are saying, God, we, you can have my heart. I'm giving you my heart today. And Lord, you're going to give us one heart, one heartbeat to follow you we hear your heartbeat for the lost. We hear your heartbeat for the poor. We hear your heartbeat for the lonely. And so, God, help us today as we leave this campus, as we go out of these doors, we're our our mission field. God, the kingdom of God is going wherever we go because you go with us. The spirit of God is upon us. And so, Lord, help us to send that text. Help us to make that phone call. Help us to have that cup of coffee with the neighbor or or who you put on our hearts this week. We love you more than these, God. We love you more than these. And so we are empowered now by your spirit to go back into our mission field and to represent you and the truth of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go in his feast. Go on mission.